The following is paid commercial programming. Third-party rankings are no guarantee of future investment success. Working with a highly rated advisor does not ensure that a client or prospective client will experience a high level of performance. Investment performance is not an explicit criterion because clients' investment goals differ. These ratings should not be construed as an endorsement of the advisor by any client. Generally, rankings are based on information prepared and submitted by the advisor. Statements saying that we told our clients to be out of the market in 2008 refer to recommendations made by MMWKM's principals while employed at Eagle Strategies LLC. The team that manages accounts at MMWKM are the same individuals with that responsibility at Eagle Strategies and at Cambridge Research from 2009 to 2011. MMWKM was created in 2011 and uses the same exit strategy. A more thorough disclosure of the criteria used in making these rankings is available by contacting MMWKM Advisors LLC. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Money Matters. And here's your host, Ken Moray. We're in the money. We're in the money. We've got a lot of what it takes to get along. We're in the money. We are in the money. The skies are sunny. An old man recession. You're kind of through. Maybe you're coming back. We'll talk about it in a minute. You have done us wrong. <laughs> well, hello, 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 everybody, and welcome back to Money Matters with Ken Morafe. And of course, I am your host, Ken Morafe, and this is the show where we talk about everything and anything in the world of retirement planning. We talk about uh, Social Security, the stock market, inflation. We talk about estate planning, income taxes. And we try to have more fun than a human being should be allowed to have when talking about all that boring financial stuff. And this week is going to be no exception because we have maybe the most boring show we have ever done lined up for you this week. So I hope you'll stay tuned for the entire program. But before we get started, let me introduce myself. I am Ken Morafe, the host of Money Matters with Ken Morafe. Thank you, Jack. And I am senior retirement planner and founder of Retirement Planners of America. And uh, we're a firm that specializes in retirement planning, as the name implies. And so we work primarily with, I think, the most wonderful people in the entire universe. And that's people who are over 50, who are retired or retiring soon. And if that is you, then you know what? You are about to embark on what I call your second childhood without parental supervision. And we want to facilitate that. So uh, welcome to the show. If it's your first time, I got to warn you, though, if it's your first time, this show is extremely addictive. I mean, you're going to find yourself. Remember Howard Hughes when he used to like sequester himself and he'd come out and he hadn't bathed in like six months. His fingernails were six inches long and all that kind of that's going to be you. You're going to be craving this show. So be careful. Listen to this show, but be aware. That's my public service announcement. But anyway, um, Barron's recently named moi, your faithful host, one of the top 100 financial advisors. And actually, they did that eight years in a row, which is incredibly flattering. But without our beloved and most valued clients, we'd be nowhere. So all you clients, we love love you. We thank you. We're so we're so appreciative. Let me go over with you what we're going to talk about on this, our weekly excursion into the land of retirement planning. So first of all, as I've been uh, chronicling for you over the last uh, almost a month now, um, the COVID phase, what, four? Is that what we're on now? Five? Four? Anyway, phase four of the pandemic is about to hit us, uh, I think. And uh, we've, we saw it starting in China. Uh, where they're closing down provinces, and it's uh, it's gone into Europe. And Angela Merkel, the uh, uh, president, the leader of uh, the chancellor of uh, Germany, said that it's highly dramatic, 
and that they are seeing the worst uh, cases of uh, the pandemic ever. Um, and that's starting to show itself in Europe, and it's going to come our way. So I want to go over with you what that's going to mean to your investments, what that's going to mean to our economy, and kind of give you that uh, our view on that. Also, uh, this week, we're going to talk about required minimum distributions, okay? Because uh, once you turn 72, uh, they require you to start taking money out of your uh, IRAs. And if you don't, the IRS <laughs> will... <laughs> Yeah, those guys will tap you for 50% penalty. It's draconian. You do not want to fall awry of the required minimum distribution rules. And so, therefore, we will have those rules, and we'll talk about how to take money out of your IRA, satisfy the distributions, and pay no income taxes. How about them apples? Hmm? That's good. Also, as we do every week, we're going to talk about how to take Social Security, when and how. We're going to answer your questions. So if you'd like me to answer your question on the air, all you have to do is send me your question. My email is uh, Ken at Money Matter, Ken at Money, Ken at RPOA.com. And uh, if you send it there, uh, then I will endeavor to answer it on the air. Now, also this week, uh, I want to ask you a question. All right, so as you're sitting there listening to this, I want you to ponder this question because I'm going to answer that question later on in the show. But I'm going to ask you, what would you do if you lost 50% of your income? What would you do? If you are we have a problem. <laughs> if you're retired and that were to happen, what would you do? And, uh, you know, I remember when I was in MBA school, I went to, M uh, to uh, SMU. In, in Dallas, and I got my MBA there. And uh, this uh, multi-billionaire serial entrepreneur came to our class, and he said, what if your biggest customer that represented 50% of your revenue came into you and said, I've decided to close my business and go with the competitor? What do you do now? Well, we're going to apply that in retirement planning terms and answer that question. What do you do now? All right, so we'll talk about that later on in the show. Now, you know what? Most shows would actually stop right there, Jack. Most shows would say, if we did just that, we have done more than our listening audience could possibly want from a financial show. To infinity and beyond. But on this show, do we stop right there? Do we only go where people expect us to? Of course we don't. We boldly go where no financial show has gone before. And therefore, at about 10 till, we will have our estate tip of the week. And uh, since this week, uh, this weekend kicks off the, uh, the, the, the purchasing and gift-giving season, um, I want to talk a little bit about frequently asked questions about gift taxes. So believe it or not, if you want to make gifts to your greedy, unwashed, undeserving heirs, to your family, to your spouse, almost anybody, it's a taxable event potentially. And I want to talk with you about the frequently asked questions about making gifts, since it is the gift season. So we'll talk about that. We'll, we have tons more, so I hope you'll stay tuned for the entire program. i got to update you on something. My competition is in town. My grandson, yes. He's the one that has been essentially monopolizing all my wife's time, Nathaniel. So he's in town. I finally get to see him eye to eye, and it's on. <laughs> Although it's going to be hard because my daughter said they're going out and they want us to babysit. So we're going to be alone with Nathaniel. So it's going to be, uh, it's going to be, you know, I haven't babysat, I think, in like 24 years. So this is going to be interesting to see how that goes. I'm, I'm actually looking forward to it, um, even though Nathaniel has been 
as I said, monopolizing all of my wife's attention practically. Anyway, let's talk about the COVID situation and how it could be very dramatic. Now, um, you know, Angela Merkel, who's the, uh, the uh, chancellor of, uh, of Germany, came out a couple of days ago, and she said that this is the most dramatic um, COVID outbreak, what's happening right now, that they have literally seen in the entire pandemic so far. And, you know, if you look at the Spanish flu back in 1918-ish, um, the pandemic back then had waves. The first wave came, and then there was a second wave and a third wave. And I believe, if memory serves, that the fourth wave of that one was actually the most deadly. And according to what's happening in Germany and is happening in China and in Russia, um, this wave is apparently the most deadly. And I think a lot of reasons for that. I think people let their guards down. You get fatigued. You're tired of dealing with this stupid pandemic. And so you start not being as careful and all that kind of stuff. I think there's a lot that goes into that. But it is coming our way. And we need to get ready for that. And, and more importantly, on our show, you know, I think from a health standpoint, everybody be on your guard. It's coming our way. So don't, you know, be careful. But uh, from a financial standpoint, I want to go over with you what, what our thoughts are on that. And, uh, you know, there's several things that we want to talk about in that regard. One is that we have been through so many of these things that I think the panic side of it is, is going to be muted. In other words, the Delta variant, when it came out and we saw September, and September was one of the worst Septembers we've had in decades. Why was that? Because the Delta variant had picked up, and it's like, oh my gosh, we thought this thing was over with, but no, it's not. Here it's back. And so what did we do? We panicked. The market went down. We thought that people were going to be like, um, you know, <laughs> locking down the economy again and all that. But here's, what, here's our view on what this we're going to probably see another scare, and it could be similar to what we saw back in September. Uh, this one's going to be different because it's going to be around when kids are going back to school for the holidays, you know, in January. And with everybody kind of staying inside in the cold, that's when, you know, the spread can be even worse. So the impact should be, as I said, more shallow than what we've seen up until now in the previous ones because we've got higher vaccination levels than we, than we did before. Plus, one of the things that's really interesting is there's a ton, a ton of money sitting on the sidelines, tons of cash. And there's a thing called FOMO, which is fear of missing out. And that money is going to look at any kind of big down in the market as an opportunity to buy. So therefore, yes, I, we, we do see volatility. Yes, we do see potentially even a correction coming, meaning the market could, uh, the S&P, the Dow could drop by about 10%. But we, we do see it as a buying opportunity, and all that FOMO money is going to want to go in. So these things should be pretty quick. Uh, so if you're a trader, which I'm not uh, going to give advice about, but I, you need to be really nimble if you're going to do that. But for the rest of us, uh, we should stay cool, calm, and collected and play through the whole thing. Now, should something really bad happen uh, that we do not expect right now, it could cause a recession. It could cause a big bad bear market. And so because of that, you know, we believe, since we work primarily with people who are retired or retiring soon, that, uh, you know, yes, you should have a growth plan. Yes, you want to make money. Growth is important, but protecting your principal is even more important. And I was on television. I was on uh, Yahoo Finance uh, last week, and they were asking me about that, about that. And I said, you know, it's like hurricane season. You know there's going to be hurricanes coming. What you don't know is where are they going to hit, how bad are they going to be, you know, you don't know that, but you know one's coming. 
So we know, I think, that there's going to be another bear market. We know there's going to be another big bad down in the market. So therefore, we should prepare for that. We should be ready. And, there, and then whatever the situation is that causes the next market crash, if you're ready for that, then you have a game plan. You can act calmly and you can be disciplined and you can mitigate the downside. That's what we did last year. You know, when the pandemic was announced, we actually had advised our clients to get out of all equities the day before the pandemic was officially announced. So we have a strategy. It's called Invest and Protect. So what I want you to do is go to our website. It's rpoa.com, and uh, you can sign up to attend our seminars. We have virtual seminars that you can attend that talk about protecting your retirement from the next market crash, talk about Social Security strategies, tax planning strategies, uh, insurance planning strategies. All of that is available to you on our website. So go to our rpoa.com. Inform yourself and uh, be better for it. All right. Uh, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about required minimum distributions and how to beat them. So stay tuned. This is Money Matters and I am Ken Morafe. I want to go over with you something that uh, if you are approaching the age of 72 or you are this year, that uh, needs to be addressed. And that is your required minimum distributions when it comes to your retirement plans. And uh, so one of the things that you may not be aware of is that the penalties, if you do not adhere to the rules, if you don't satisfy the required minimum distributions, they are draconian, okay? Because what they will do is they will, t they will penalize you 50% of that which you should have taken out. So if your required distribution, let's just say, was $10,000, the penalty is $5,000, so it's, a, it's that. But then they're going to tax the distribution you take out on top of that. So depending on your tax bracket, you could be seeing about 70% of your required distribution go away in taxes. So you don't want that to happen. So let me give you a little history on how this all came about, okay? Because you may be wondering, how did they ever think of this thing? So you have to go back to, you know, a, a time far, far away, long, long ago. And uh, these policymakers... You know, this was back in the time when everybody smoked and they had cigars and they had, you know, so it's a smoke-filled room, all these guys in three-piece suits. And, I mean, you can barely see through all the smoke. There's so much cigar smoke in the room. And they're all like, all right, we're going to create these things called IRAs. And uh, we want to encourage people to save for retirement and have the money grow without being taxed. And we're going to, it's just going to be great because we want Americans to be self-sufficient and we want them to have a retirement savings built up. So we're going to do that. And so they're all like waving through the cigar smoke and looking at each other and patting each other on the back. And we're so smart. But then there's a guy on the other end of the table that never says anything. He just, he kind of just sits there. He's got the Coke bottle glasses. You know, he has the uh, pocket protector with all the ink stains on it and like seven seven pens in it and uh, he never said and he's got the the, the band-aid on the brim of his glasses because he kind of broke them and he fixed it himself and he's just sitting there and suddenly he says excuse me and whenever he speaks everybody stops talking and they all turn to him and they and they look at him and he says what you guys don't realize is that if we allow all these people to accumulate all this money in these accounts without being taxed they may decide never to take it out. We may never collect any of the taxes on that. And they all went, oh my gosh, he's right. Americans could actually like never take it out. They could take out just a little bit and we may never collect the taxes on all that money. And he just looked at everybody like, duh, what do you think? And so they said, wow, we gotta fix that. 
We got to do something about that. What are we going to do? So of course they turned to the Coke bottle glasses guy with the pocket protector because he's the smart guy. And he says, well, I have a solution for you. And they said, well, what is it? He said, we'll require people to take the money out. And we'll require them to take it out over their lifetime. So they've drained the tub, they've taken it all out. And by the time they die, they've taken it all out and they've paid all the taxes. And the room erupted in huzzas through the smoke. And they were cheering and they were clapping and they were carrying him around the room on their shoulders. Yes, brilliant, beautiful. And so that's how the required minimum distributions were created. And that's a true story. You can Google it. <laughs> yes, it's a night before Christmas. So anyway, so that's how they were created. Yes. So what are they? Well, basically, you are required to take money out over the course of your life expectancy. It's a formula. It's calculated. And the purpose is to drain the tub so that by the time you die, you've paid all your taxes and they've collected it all. And everybody's happy except uh, you and your greedy, unwashed heirs. Now, there are two things. There are some things that are exempt from that that are some planning ideas for you. One is... <clears throat> That let's say you have a grandchild that you want to help with college. Well, what you can do is you can have the required minimum distribution go directly into a what's called a 529 plan. And you could put up to $75,000 per person into that account. So if you're planning on helping a child with college expenses anyway, might as well do that. The other thing that you can do is you can have the money directed to a charity. If you do that, if it goes directly to a charity, then you pay no taxes on that money. Because normally when you take it out, the required distribution is ordinary income to you and it's taxable. So you could have it go directly to the charity. If you have that happen, then again, no taxes on that. And that would be better, by the way, than taking the money out, paying the taxes, and then giving it to charity. Or it's much better strategically to do that. So a tip for you on that. I'm glad we had this talk. Well, I am too, Tom. So um, now... Pardon me. I want to tell you that if you are over 50, if you are retired or retiring soon, then you've got a lot of important decisions ahead of you. If you're getting ready to retire, you need to plan out what your budget's going to be. You need to plan out when and how you're going to take Social Security. You're going to need to plan out what to do with your 401k and uh, you know where you're going to get income from and structuring your income taxes, your insurance, your Medicare, all that kind of stuff. And we want to help you with all of those things. If you are retired, we want to help you with decisions on you know how to reduce your income taxes. We want to require minimum distributions, all those kind of things. So if you're over 50, retired or retiring soon, if you go to our website, it's rpoa.com, you've got several options there. One is you can click on meet with an advisor. If you do that, we'll sit down with you and we'll build a retirement plan with you. No charge, no obligation. If we can help you, fantastic. And if not, we'll tell you that too. Okay, so either way, we will part friends. I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. And it is indeed that. Now, also, uh, if you'd like, you can attend our seminars. We have a variety of seminars, uh, virtual ones, uh, on Social Security, on retirement planning, on protecting your your, uh, your retirement from the next market crash. We have tons of resources on there. You're over 50, retired, or retiring soon. Go to our website, rpoa.com, and avail yourself of all of those resources. So we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about when and how to take Social Security, so stay tuned. This is Money Matters, and I am Ken Morafe. And we are a firm that specializes in retirement planning, which means we work primarily with people who are over 50, who are retired or retiring soon. And uh, our goal is to facilitate your second childhood without parental supervision. That's what we call your retirement. So whatever that means to you, if it means to go play golf a lot, if it means spending time with grandchildren, traveling, 
you name it, whatever it is for you, we want to facilitate that. And we have two sub goals, which are equally important, I guess. One is we want your money to last as long as you do. And then secondly, we want you to have financial peace of mind. And if we can accomplish those things, then we think we've done a very good thing and we've helped a lot in I guess helping society, right? If people are financially secure, then uh, that's good for society as well. So we feel like we're doing a good thing. Recently, Financial Times actually named our firm one of the top 300 financial advisory firms. Actually, they did that uh, twice. And uh, again, I'm flattered by all these accolades that we get, but without our beloved and most valued clients, we'd be nowhere. So I give it to our clients. You clients, we love you. We thank you. So one of the topics that comes up almost, I would say, in any given week, it, it, it invariably does, and that is when and how to take Social Security. Um, for many of our clients, it is one of the most important sources of income during their retirement. And so, therefore, maximizing that, making sure you do it properly is important. And, uh, you know, in fact, I joke around when I say this, but I believe it. If there was a, uh, a, an Olympics for complexity, uh, you know, if there was an, an event, an Olympic event, I think Social Security would win the gold medal every single time. I think Medicare is a close second, but uh, I think Social Security would win. Anyway, uh, so every week at this time, what I try to do is answer your questions. So if you have a question, you can send it to me. My email address is ken at rpoa.com, and I will endeavor to answer your question. All right, so first question here. Um, let's see. I've never applied for Social Security, and I am 80 years old. <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> okay. Uh, can I apply for retroactive benefits? If I apply now, will my benefit include an adjustment to make up for all the lost benefits that I've, that I've missed out on? Well, the answer is sort of. You can go, only go back six months in retroactive benefits, and that's it. So it might be more than you know, 10000 bucks for you, but uh, you can only go back six months. All right, next question. Uh, that's that's incredible. Has he's eighty and he's never. I'm not. I'm not. Not judging. No judgment here. That's fine. Okay, so uh, let's see. I was born in 1952. Uh, can I repay all of the Social Security benefits I've received to date and then refile to obtain the higher current amount? Uh, it is my understanding that I could do so, but when I went to the local Social Security office, they claimed that I could not, uh, and, and they didn't understand my question. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so if, it, if it's been less than 12 months since you filed, you can withdraw your application, repay the benefits, and then refile, but only if it's been within the last 12 months. And there's no need to ask the, lo the local Social Security workers, okay? You just go to ssa.gov, which is the Social Security website, and you want Form SSA 521, okay? And that form is the one where you can, if it's been within 12 months. Now, if it's been longer, then you can't anymore, okay? So that's, that's the rule on that. So these are two good ones. Um, I like that. Good questions. Thank you. So again, my email address is ken at rpoa.com. Send me your questions, and I'll endeavor to answer them on future shows. And again, no judgment. If you want to wait till you're 80 to start collecting, that's fine with me. But uh, I don't recommend it. Anyway, um, one of the things that we do for clients is we help decide when and how to take Social Security. There are lots of things that go into that decision. There is your age. If you're married, your income, your spouse's income if you're married, your health, 
your your uh, estate planning? Do you want to leave something for heirs or not? All those kind of things factor into what is the best way for you to take Social Security. So it's a very complex thing, and it is basically around you, which makes it even more complicated because there's no one-size-fits-all or rule of thumb that everybody should follow. It all depends on your situation. So here's what I want you to do. Go to our website. It's rpoa.com, and when you're there, click on Meet with an Advisor. If you do that, we'll schedule a time to sit down with you. Now, we'll help you to decide when and how to take Social Security for sure, but we'll do it in the context of building a retirement plan for you. So we want to take into account not just Social Security, but also your income taxes. We want to take into account your estate planning. Do you want to leave anything to your greedy, unwashed, undeserving heirs? Maybe you do, maybe you don't. Um, maybe you want to do other things. We want to talk about your cash flow. One of the things we'll sit down with you, we'll build for you, is called a retirement cash flow plan. It's an RCFP. And what the RCFP does is it looks at your inflows, your outflows. We'll help you to see if you can retire. We'll help you to see how to design your portfolio. We'll do all of that at no charge obligation. So go to our website, rpoa.com, and click on meet with an advisor, and you can get all those goodies. And if we can help you, fantastic. And if not, that's fine too. All right, we'll part friends regardless. So rpoa.com. All right, we're going to take a break. and We're going to answer the burning question. What would you do if you lost 50% of your income? Stay tuned. This is Money Matters, and I am Ken Morafe. And, uh, you know, Inc. Magazine uh, named us one of the 5,000 fastest growing companies in the United States, actually twice. And I think a big reason behind that is because of our philosophy, is because our philosophy resonates with the people that we want to work with. And uh, that would be, again, people over 50, retired or retiring soon. And uh, our philosophy is that growth is important, but protection of principle is even more important. And the reason why we say that is because your principle, the money that you have accumulated over all these years, all the work, the, the, the sacrifice, the savings, and you've been pumping it into your 401k, all the stuff you've done is so that now you have a nest egg. You have an amount of money that is now going to generate for you the income during your retirement and give you that financial security. And protecting, protecting that, in our view, is the most important thing. Now, obviously, we want to grow money, but we only want to take as much risk as is necessary to accomplish your goals, and we want to protect if we can. So that, that's why we have in our firm a, a strategy. We call it Invest and Protect. This strategy is designed to mitigate the downside. It doesn't eliminate it. But just to give you an example, last year when uh, you know we, our strategy said to sell, the day before the pandemic was announced officially, and uh, you know what happened after that. For those of you who remember last year, the market, the S&P went down, what, 43% or thereabouts. So we want to protect our clients from big, bad losses. Now, I want to put it in perspective for you, and you know, I, I can't believe that I have to spend time convincing people that losing money is a bad thing. But there's this whole group of think out there which says that you should buy and you should hold and your job is done. Well, those people believe that it's okay to lose 43% of your money or 57% of your money as happened in 2008 or 49% of your money as what happened in Y2K or maybe even 90% of your money like what happened in the Great Depression. And again, this is what the S&P did in all of those times, the stock market. And it's okay for that to happen. Well, see, I don't think it is. We don't think it is. And we don't want to put our clients through that. So I want to kind of uh, ask you, this is uh, uh, by way of a uh, uh, little history here. I, I got my MBA at uh, SMU. 
uh, in, in Dallas. And uh, we had a guest speaker come and talk to us. And uh, he was, a, a, at the time, a, a billionaire, I believe. And this is back in the dark ages when I went to MBA school. Uh, but he was a serial entrepreneur. He had started something like 35 companies and sold them and this and that. He didn't like running companies. He just liked starting them. Um, but he came to our class and he said, okay, let's say that uh, you have a business and your biggest customer represents 50% of your income. And that biggest customer walks in one day and says, you know what? It's been great knowing you, but I'm moving my business. I'm taking it to your competitor. What do you do now? Uh, money's not important when you're having a good time. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it is important if you don't have any, let me tell you. But anyway, so he asked us of all these smart MBA uh, kids, right? And we're all in there and we're so smart. And we said, well, we ramp up our marketing. We go out and shake the bushes and find another client. And he said, wrong. And we said, okay, we, we get our salespeople and we motivate them and we pump them up with bonuses and we tell them to go do this and that. Wrong. So every idea we came up with, we were wrong. And so finally, after we ran out of ideas, he looked at us and he goes, the first thing you do is you cut expenses. You got to stop the bleeding. You will go out of business while you're looking to get that new customer to replace that one. The first thing you got to do is cut your expenses and get yourself down to profitability without that 50% revenue that you had before. That's the first thing. So how does this apply to you as a retirement, plan, a retirement investor? Well, if the market, if your investments lose 50% of their value, which did happen to people in Y2K and did happen to people in 2008, this is not a fantasy. It can happen to you. Now, if that were to happen, what do you do? Do you sit there and hope that you're going to be able to, you know, the, the, the market will come back, your investments will come back? Do you sit there and hope that that's going to happen while you're living on the money and you're spending it down? If you do that, you're doing what farmers call eating your seed corn. You're spending down your money as it's losing value because the, the, your investments are losing. You eat enough of your seed corn and yeah, growth season may come back, but guess what? You don't have any seed left to plant and you could starve to death. So yes, we do want to go out and get new customers. Yes, we do want our investments to grow back. Yes, we do want to get our marketing going. And yes, we, we want all that. But in the meantime, what you should do is you would need to cut your expenses by 50% or whatever the amount of the loss was. It's a terrible deal. Yeah. So my question to you, ladies and gentlemen, is could you do that? Could you cut your expenses in half or 40% or whatever if we have another Y2K or 2008 or, or something like that? I would say for most people listening to this show, no, that's not an option. I mean, how do you even do that? You'd have to sell your house and move into a trailer or something. You know, I don't know what you'd have to do. It'd be terrible. So that's why we believe that protecting principle is so important when it comes to your retirement planning. And I would ask you, do you have such a thing? Because, you know, in our seminars, we ask people, what do you think the odds are that between now and the rest of your life, there's going to be another market crash, another bear market? And keep in mind, we average one every three years. If you go back 100 years, we've had 33 of them. And the average drop is 37%. So we haven't had one in a while. We're due. We don't think one's coming in the next six months, but it could. So what happens if it does? And what happens if it lasts for three or four years or five years like Y2K in 2008 did? What are you going to do now? 
So in our view, it is so important to have a plan. Now, we, our strategy, as I mentioned, we call it Invest and Protect. And if you go to our website, rpoa.com, we have articles there. We have videos. Uh, we podcast the show. And by the way, subscribe to the show, please. We want as many listeners to be protected from the next bear market as possible. Um, sign up to uh, attend our seminars or visit with one of our retirement planners to build a plan to protect your retirement from the next market crash. And if you do that, I think that'll be a long way towards giving you peace of mind. So rpoa.com. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to have our estate tip of the week, which is on gift taxes, since it's the gifting season. We want to protect you from that. So stay tuned. This is Money Matters, and I am Ken Morayf. Everything we do is geared around helping you to achieve what we call your second childhood without parental supervision. That's your retirement. We want you to go play, have fun, enjoy. We want your money to last as long as you do. We want you to have financial peace of mind. And if we can do all of that, then we think we've done a good thing. Our website is rpoa.com. We have seminars. We have videos. We have articles. And speaking of what else we have, we also have podcasts. So if you are not subscribed to the show, please do subscribe. Um, And uh, in fact, while you're at it, get five of your friends to subscribe as well. If you enjoy the show, share the love. And uh, we want to have 100,000 subscribers by uh, September 30th of next year. And we're growing by about 1,000 a week. So we're going to be a little short without your help. So go there and, uh, and, uh, and subscribe. This is the part of the show where we talk about how to pass on to your greedy, unwashed, undeserving heirs the fruits of your labor, uh, which is also called estate planning. And uh, part of the estate planning process or strategies, I should say, is gifting. And the reason why is because if you are giving money away, then you no longer own it. If you don't own it, then there's no tax on it upon your death. Okay, so that's how to eliminate that. And there's lots of different ways that you can gift. You can gift into trusts. You can do present value gifts. We've talked about a lot of those on other shows. But what I thought I would do this week is to answer, since it is the gift-giving season, um, I wanted to answer the questions, uh, frequently asked questions on gift taxes. Okay, so we're going to do that. But before we do, Jack, can you play it? I know I'd go from rags to riches. If you would only say you care And though my pocket may be empty I'd be a millionaire And of course that is Tony Bennett with Rags to Riches and uh, the estate taxes, probate, all that kind of stuff. It's actually designed to do the exact opposite, which is to take you from riches to rags and we do not want that to happen to you. So every week at this time we have our estate tip of the week. So here we go with the FAQs on gift taxes. So first question, who pays the gift tax? So if you give money to somebody or property to somebody, who pays the tax on that transaction? Well, the answer is you do. The donor pays the tax. The estate taxes, the gift taxes, are all owed and paid for by the donor. The person that receives the gift, that receives an inheritance, doesn't pay any tax on that. Okay, so that's the first thing that a lot of people are not aware of. So when you make the gift, you're the one that's paying the tax. If you receive a gift... You don't have to pay any taxes. Next question, what is considered a gift? So a gift is something that you have given away and you have no more control over, 
Okay. So in other words, um, if I were to say, I'm going to, I'm going to give you this car, but I am going to drive it from now on. Well, that's not a gift. Okay. Even though I may have put it in your name, if I'm driving it the whole time. So a gift is called completed when the transfer of ownership has happened. So you got to be careful about what is considered to be a gift. Can you deduct gifts from your income tax return? The answer is no. Okay, so when you make a gift, it is not subject to a to an income tax at all. It does. There's two. There are different parts of the code. The income tax code is different than the gift tax code, which is different than the estate tax code. Okay. So, are there exclusions? Um, when do I start paying taxes? Well, when you make a gift in this year, in this year you can give fifteen thousand dollars to as many people as you wish. So, if you wanted to, you can put an ad in the paper. Although, does anybody read the paper anymore? You can put an ad on the internet <laughs> that says, anybody who wants uh, 15000 bucks, I'll give it to you, and uh, you can give it to as many people as you wish. Now, if you're married, you and your spouse can combine, and you can give $30,000 to anybody you wish. So if you have, uh, let's say you have uh, two kids and three grandchildren, then that's five people. In theory, if you're married, you could give 30000 to each of those five people, so you could give $150,000 if you, if you had that much. So... That is, uh, those are tax-free gifts. If you ex exceed that, then you have to file a gift tax return, and there may be taxes due if you exceed that. Now, there are exceptions to that. If you, wanna, if you pay for college directly, I talked about it early in the show, if you put money into a 529 plan, there are, there are some ways that you can avoid paying the gift tax, but that's subject to planning considerations. So let me make you an offer. If you go to our website, it's rpoa.com. And uh, you'll, you'll see there that you can click on Meet with an Advisor. If you do that, then uh, we'll schedule a time to visit with you. We can do it virtually or in person, whichever you prefer. And uh, what we'll do is we'll, uh, we'll go over with you estate planning ideas on how to pass on to your greedy, unwashed, undeserving heirs the fruits of your labor. And uh, we'll also talk, but, but we'll do it in the context of a, of a comprehensive retirement plan. Okay, so we also want to talk with you about maximizing your Social Security, reducing your income taxes, uh, making sure you have the right insurance, uh, uh, how do you apply for uh, Social Security, all those kind of things. We want to help you with all of that in a comprehensive plan of which estate planning is I guess the final result, right? If you, if, if you do a, a good job of uh, retaining your money or maybe even growing it during your lifetime, then maybe there'll be a few pennies left over that you can pass on to the aforementioned greedy unwashed. Okay, so we want to help you with all of that. And uh, if you go to our website, it's rpoa.com. And uh, like I said, if we can help you, great. And if not, that's fine too. Either way, we will part friends. I love it. I do love it. So uh, we'll look forward to visiting with you if that's in the stars. Well, you know what? This show's over already. I cannot believe how fast it's gone. I hope you have enjoyed it as much as I have enjoyed making it for you. We'll see you next week. Same time, same channel. Bye-bye, everybody. Third-party rankings are no guarantee of future investment success. Working with a highly rated advisor does not ensure that a client or prospective client will experience a high level of performance. Investment performance is not an explicit criterion because clients' investments goals differ. These ratings should not be construed as an endorsement of the advisor by any client. Generally, rankings are based on information prepared and submitted by the advisor. Statements saying that we told our clients to be out of the market in 2008 refer to recommendations made by MMWKM's principals while employed at Eagle Strategies, LLC. The team that manages accounts at MMWKM are the same individuals with that responsibility at Eagle Strategies and at Cambridge Research from 2009 to 2011. MMWKM was created in 2011 and uses a
the same exit strategy. A more thorough disclosure of the criteria used in making these rankings is available by contacting MMWKM Advisors, LLC.